Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, our Lord and our God, we bless you. Thank you for our wonderful children. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your awesome love upon their lives. Thank you for the way you are making them to grow. Some of them are in the youth. Some of them are married. This is your grace. This is your goodness. Father, we appreciate you. We say thank you, our Abba Father. Lord, as we are going to your word, speak to us by yourself. Let the entrance of your word bring forth light. Bring forth understanding. Bring forth revelational wisdom. Bring forth, oh God, illumination and light to our spirit, body, and soul. I commit myself unto you. Father, speak your word through me. Let Jesus be glorified. Thank you, Father, for answer prayer. In Jesus' precious and mighty name, we have prayed and we have received. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I want to remind us this morning about building, that is the topic, building and living values for our children. That is a legacy. Building and living values for this, our young one. Some are still in the womb yet to be given back to. We have to leave values for them, parents. It is our responsibility to leave values for these children because God has placed them. God has entrusted these children into our hands, into our lives. We have a duty. We have an assignment to do. And all of us are included. Children, I'm going to talk to you also. We will start from our parents because God gave you to us as a gift. So now our text is Proverbs 22.6. TPT, it says... Dedicate your children. Dedicate your children to God and point them in the way that they should go. And the values, the values they've learned from you, from me, will be with them for life. I give God the glory for my parents. They are resting in the Lord. I thank God for the values they deposited in me by the grace of God upon their lives. By God's grace, that is what I'm enjoying. And I'm thanking them for God bringing me into their lives and for them to be able to teach me the right way. Praise the Lord. Another version, NLT, it says, direct your children. Direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. I'm telling you, they will not. They see what we do. They see the way we live. That is why we have to be very careful. We have to be very careful what we do. Even the babies, they see, they understand in that age level. They know they may not be able to speak, but they can look and see. New King James Version, I want us to read it in different versions so that we can understand. This is a very sensitive and important scripture that every parent, even yet to be parent, that you have to read. And ask God to give you the deep knowledge and understanding of this verse. New King James Version, train up a child in the way 
he or she should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. I remember those days. My parents, they are Anglican. They take us, they took all of us to church. And when we get, you have to go. Even if you are going to be sleeping, you have to go. And we see that in the pew. Sometimes we sleep, we, we slept off. Maybe after the service, you, you woke up and you go home. But they are taking us, they took us there. But God is teaching, taught us a lot of things that it is important that we should go because we don't know, we don't understand because that is at our age level. We just go with them. So the same thing, parents, we have to be very careful. When we are supposed to be in the church, let's bring them to church. Don't let us leave them, okay, stay home. Thank God for technology. Thank God for COVID. You know, in the midst of bad things, God brings forth his goodness that we are able to watch online. At least, if they are not feeling, if they are feeling strong, you can leave them home, but make sure that they are watching so that something is being deposited in them. Message says, point your kids, point your kids in the right direction. When they are old, they will not be lost. It's a lot of things happening in the world now. When we catch them young to the Lord Jesus Christ, when we point them to God, when we dedicate them, when we direct them, don't say, oh, I don't want to correct them. The Bible agrees with correction. We are going to get there. So building and living values, building and living legacy is start from our spirits. That legacy, that positive values, that godly value is start from you, is start from me. So building, when you are building, what are you doing? You know anybody that is a builder or all of us, we live in a house. Before we start living in that house, or even let's use this church as, a, as an illustration. This church, even though it was built, I don't know how many years ago, but before this church was built, there has to be a foundation. Is that right? And the foundation has to be solid. Because if the foundation is not solid, the rain, the snow, will come forth and it will take it off. So we are the foundation that God has placed in the lives of these children to teach them, to direct them, to put to point to them the right way to go. So, parents, we are the God is the master builder, but we are stewards. Let us say that I am a steward, I am a steward. over my child. And you that are here too, I am a steward over my forthcoming child. Let's say that. Those of you that are still waiting, I am a steward over that child when he comes, either five years' time or ten years' time. But that child will come at the appointed time. Praise the Lord. So parents, we are called to be stewards over this precious gift that God has placed in our life. So in the whole testament, a steward was over an entire household. They are responsible for managing the household material goods. 
That was in the Old Testament. That steward is placed in an household and they are supposed to manage the affairs of that household. And in the New Testament, the word steward refers to a guardian, a curator. Who is a curator? A keeper or a guard at a museum or custodian. You see some houses, apartment building, they have what we call super. And what does the super does? They manage the affairs of that building. If anybody's key is lost, they go to the super. If anything happens in that apartment, they go to the super. So you are the super of your child. Is that right? Praise the Lord. So we are the steward that God has entrusted some responsibility to do in the lives of these children. And the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 4, 1 to 2, God's word. The Apostle was called, called himself a steward of Christ. Paul called himself a steward of Christ's household. Responsible to Christ the master for carrying out an assigned task. That is, that what is that assigned task? To preach the gospel to the Gentiles, to preach the gospel to the whole world. So we also, we have as parents, as stewards, we have assigned tasks to do in the lives of our children. So now I want us to have a basic foundational truth, and that is our children belongs to God. They belong to God. We are just stewards. And also, we are a steward to our own life. We are a steward to the time, to the job, to everything, every blessing that God has placed in our lives. We are steward because we are going to give account on that day. He will ask you, how did you take care of those five children that I gave you? Are you a faithful steward? Are you a good steward? So let's answer that question within ourselves. We are steward of our lives and our children to God. We need to trust and rely and focus and follow God's guidance and direction on his design plan and the strategy that each and every one of us need to use to take care of these children. You know, like I mentioned, a manager. A manager, you can be a manager in your office, you can be a manager in an establishment. You have an assigned task to do. You manage whatever, whatever people that you have in your unit. So also, we have to find out what are the plans, what are the strategies that we have to use to take care of these children. Starting from when they, when you, they are in the womb, you feed them. You have, you have, as you eat, as the mother eats, those of you that are pregnant now, as you eat, the baby, you are feeding the baby. You are providing the physical needs that that baby needs in your womb until the appointed time, until, after, until the nine months that the baby will come out. So you see, we have an assigned duty to do. If the mother is not feeding right, it will affect the baby. So we have that task. We have that assignment to do in the lives of our children. 
So stewardship starts and ends with an understanding of God's ownership of all our children. As Psalm 24 verse 1 says, The heart is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That means this tribe, everyone in this world, we all belong to God. Either you are in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, those of you watching online, of you are here. Either you have not known Christ, or you know Christ, God created every individual, every human being in this whole world. We are God's creation. And that's why the Bible says in that Psalm 24, the heart is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That is, and everything that is in this world. So when we know that that ownership of our children is God's, God holds them, not us. Even though we are so happy and joyful when we have that baby, we are, we, we, oh, the baby comes out, you are so happy. The mother, oh, thank God, I'm relieved carrying this tummy all over every, all these months. So we are joyful and happy. And second phase of assignment. First phase is when they're in the womb, you are feeding them and making sure you're drinking water, you're eating right, and making the baby to grow, and the mother also to triumph physically well. So also, we have a duty when they come to the world. So building and raising children is a sensitive and emotional task. An experience, Proverbs 10.1, is an emotional task. I'm telling you, when the baby is, sleep, is sleeping, I remember when I first had my first child. Tofik, I fed him in the night, and I was so sleepy. Thank God, I fell, I fell asleep just a few minutes. Almost the baby was almost dropping down in my hands. So you see, it's an emotional task. Sometimes you feel like, you know what, I need somebody to help me carry this baby, at least for me to sleep for five minutes. But thank God, God has given us the strength. The Bible says we can do all things through Christ who gives us the strength. Praise the Lord. So as Christian parents, our role is to be a good steward. Not just a steward, a good steward of the children God has placed in our care. Good stewards take very good care of the gift God has given them to manage. God, he gave them to us to manage them. And he has a strategy. That is why we have to use that manual that the master builder gave to us, which is the Bible. God called and appointed and entrusted this special responsibility of caring for our children into our hands. We are responsible for managing their lives from conception, from the womb, every stage of their life till eternity. So biblical steward is being a caretaker, a good caretaker, a good steward, of God's kingdom. 1 Peter 4, 10 to 11. We have to be a good steward, a good caretaker of the wonderful, precious gift that God gave us. 
So our God-given responsibility is to take care of their physical, their emotional, their mental, and their spiritual well-being. This is important. The world is just going forth every day. It's a lot of things happening in the world now. Parents, we need to take this responsibility very, very careful and making sure that we equip ourselves with what we need to train these children. Because we have to teach them the truth. No matter what, we have to teach them the truth. Because if you don't teach them, they will adulterate that truth. Outside is a lot of things going on. The Lord will help us. So, their physical needs is providing food for them, making sure that they have food, they have water, they have house, they have the right clothing to wear, depending on the weather. Making sure that they have warm jacket to wear during winter, they have light clothes to wear during summer, not wearing sweater during summer. Do you think that is okay? Praise the Lord. So let them feel comfortable. Provide for their needs. It is our responsibility. We take care of them. We may have to give up our own needs sometimes to adequately provide for these children. You may have to say, oh, I, you have a line of lease. You may put yours aside as a mother or a father just to provide for that needs that the child has to be taken care of. We have to provide for their emotional needs. Parents are steward. We must care for our children's emotional needs and their melter when being. You see, thank God for that family that shared their glorious triumph over COVID period. You see what happened? Because that period, imagine for a couple of months, we are just staying indoor. You eat, you sit. No, you can't go outside. You can't go to the store. You are staying in the house. It can affect their emotional and mental well-being. Because they will be bored. They go online. <laughs> I used to encourage my children. Say, please, please, just, if you know you are bored, you can move around the house and go back. <laughs> Honestly, even me as, as their mom, it's, it's just, well, thank God. Thank God, COVID has passed to the glory of God. Praise the Lord. So, though, through God's help, we need to teach them the basic foundational things. We need to teach them as they grow. That is important when you see adults, greet them. That's part of the legacy you can leave for them. Because when, they, when you don't teach them how to greet, who will teach them? Who will teach them? So that's our responsibility, to teach them the basic things as they grow. Teach them how to respect. When they see elders, they need to respect the elders. Even when they are greeting, Thank God for each culture. Our culture is so rich. 
God, they will teach us. You have to greet. When you are greeting elders, you kneel down. But it's a different thing now. But God will bring it back by the grace of God. <laughs> so you teach them good behavior. You teach them that when you see people talking, you wait. When, they are, when you're on the phone, you want to talk to mommy or daddy, you wait. Because you can't disengage them, you have to wait. So those are the basic things. It may seem funny, but we have to teach them. We teach them how to handle situation. Because I notice some of these younger children, you know, they are so little situations that is not, you know, favorable. They are so, it so bothered them. You teach them how to handle that situation. This team shall pass. Just look at it. Because then, me too, I used to, sometimes my, I'm in class, you know, when I was a young, younger person, I look at that subject. I look at it that it's so, it's so hard. My mom used to tell me, don't look at it that way. Look at it that you can do it. Look at it, read it. Just take your time. Don't let, don't be scared. Don't be fearful. Just see it that is something you can handle. So we have to teach them all that. We have to teach them how to handle those situations positively. Treat others nicely. Teach them how to treat others nicely. Treat them with gentleness. We have to treat them also with gentleness. Sometimes it's not them, but it's because of their age. So we have to look at it that way. Don't just say, you're supposed to know this. Even though sometimes in, in, in a busy schedule or you are so busy, you can tell them, can you please wait? I will get to you. Just give me a few minutes. You see, God is the only one that can help us to be patient and be gentle with them. Treat them with gentleness, love, patience, and help them stay responsible and responsive to instruction and correction. Tell them to be responsive when you are talking to them to respond, not just to be quiet. And tell them that as you correct them, it is not that you hate them, but you are correcting them is for their own good and is nothing else so that they can be able to see that what they are doing is not the right way. They're supposed to do it in another way. And I'm telling us, every age level, you have to ask God to guide you. Because when they are young, the way you will treat them, the way you will train them is different from when they are get to youth age or when they get to young adult. Every stage is a different measure that we have to use. So ours, we have to teach them and leave a good positive value for their spiritual responsibility. It's, our, it's, it's, it's us. They are our first disciple. They should be our first disciple to disciple them. That is to tell them about Jesus. Even at their young age, as they are growing, don't let them just sit down watching all those adulterated stuff in the media, on the TV. Honestly, some of those things, they're not supposed to be watching it because it's full of lies. It's full of dirty stuff. It's full of things that are not building them positively. It's just unnecessary stuff. I am telling you the truth. It is very some stuff unnecessary. And the media is so back full of. Sometimes I'm at work. 
I'm just doing my work. Something will just pop up. I say, really? Just on the side. Different things I think you, sh you should kick them. Sometimes I just say, you know what? I'm just going to disregard this stuff. Just let me focus on what I have to do. They are so bombarded with different lives from the pit of hell. Too much. So that is the same reason why we have to teach them. When you see something pop up, don't touch it. Because immediately you touch it, you start seeing unnecessary stuff. You start seeing what you are not supposed to see. So we have to teach them all that it is our responsibility. As they grow, get Bible-based videos. Music that can teach them about Jesus. Let them watch it constantly. Let them listen to it. Because what you watch, what you listen to, it goes into your mind. By the grace of God, children's section is back. Amen. Pastor, children's section is back. <laughs> I can't wait because during Sunday school, we lose videos that they will constantly listen to Jesus, Jesus, and that is what will be in their mouth. Thank God you see all of them. Sometimes tears want to come out of my eyes. Last week, I was just hugging all those youth. I said, you used to be in the children's department, and now you are a youth, and now you are growing. I'm just so glad. And you see all of them. See that, my little boy, when I saw him by the camera like a few weeks ago, I said, my God, I just thank you. <laughs> I just give you praise because this is you. How do we build and leave a godly legacy? How do we do that? Number one, we have to live by example. We have to live an exemplary life. We have to live by example. Because our children, they watch what we do. They listen to what we say. They listen to our phone conversation. Maybe you are lying when you are, you are not saying the truth when you are talking to the other person. They listen, they know. So it's very, very important. First Timothy 4. Our words and speech should always edify the name of Jesus. When your child knows that no negative word comes out from your mouth, they are learning. They are learning. So be truthful. We have to live a truthful life. We have to live a life that is completely Christ-like, godly life. You have to live a transparent life to the glory of God. Not to our own glory, but to the glory of God. Everything we do, we have to make sure that is in line with the will of God. That is, you, we are living by example to them. So parents, we should be a living example of all the Bible character traits we would like to develop and build in our children because they learn by what they see. They learn by what they see. So the way we live 
have a great impact in the legacy we are building and living for our children. Our conduct, how is our conduct? As Christian parents, we must show a godly high standard of behavior and respect in our day-to-day -day interaction and activities. Whatever we do, we have to live a good conduct life, a life that is being controlled by God through the Holy Spirit. We have to exercise self-control. Do not get angry easily. Live wisely and have a good reputation. That is 1 Timothy 3, 2. Can we read that, please? 1 Timothy 3, 2. So, a church leader, when they are mentioning church leader now, see it as a parent. As a parent, as a steward, you must be somebody whose life is above reproach. And you must be faithful in everything you do. They are referring to the why, but we must be faithful as parents in everything we do. We must exercise self-control. Do not let anger overtake us. Live wisely and have a good reputation. He must enjoy having guests in his home and he must be able to teach. We have to be able to teach. When any guest unwelcome comes in, be ready. Teach them. Don't say, oh, you have guests again. Tell them you can but not have guests. Teach them. Welcome people to your house. Don't let them just teach your children. This is the way you when they get there too. Guests can just come in. It's here that you call people that you are coming to visit. When you go to Africa, you just come in any day. Is that right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> so you teach them all this and you live by example. You see the way when you live by that example, that is the best way to teach. Lead by example. It is not that we are not going to teach them specific things, but we lead by example. Number two, another way that we can build a godly legacy is teaching them, that is imparting knowledge and provide right information. Even when they ask us about a specific topic, a specific issue, if you don't have the right thing to tell them, tell them, my daughter, I will get back to you. Give me a few days. Give them the right information. And that information has to be in line with the word of God. Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 7. Thank God one of our ch children read, read that. Can we read that please? Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 7. This is the whole testament and it's still new. That word is still new because he instructed us to make sure we are teaching them when we are sitting down, when we are going out over, maybe you are driving, continue to talk and interact with them. Continue to teach them. There is no boundary to where how you teach your children. So we have to do that. So the right manual to teach our children is the word of God. According to their age appropriate level, as I mentioned earlier. 
So use biblical example in the Bible to teach them. John, before John, Isaiah 54, verse 1 to 3 says, I will teach all your children and they will enjoy great peace. Those children will enjoy great peace and we will enjoy great peace. Because what we are teaching them, what we are imparting to their lives is going to be a legacy for them. Because they will remember, oh, my mom taught me this. Oh, my dad taught me this. And we teach them the right things. John 4, John 6, 45. Jesus continued, it has been written, it has been written by the prophet. They will all be taught by God himself. They will all be taught by God himself that is God using us as his steward to teach them. Thank you. Discourse about God's grace with them as you teach them. Discourse about salvation. Discourse about the water and the Holy Spirit baptism. We do all that in the children's section. I don't look at their age. I give them the ability, I listen to them because that is the way you can catch them. We don't push them away. You try to listen to them. Even if you don't have time at that particular time that that child comes to you, tell them, my son, can we talk about it in the evening? And meant, meant that evening. Don't just push them away. And that evening will not come to pass. Let that evening come to pass and sit them down and talk with them. Ephesians 6, 4b, ah, it says, take them, that is the message, take them by hand and lead them in the way of the master. Take them by hand, teach them the right things. And T.P.T. says, but raise them up with loving discipline and counsel that brings the revelation of our Lord to them. You see, he asks us to teach them. We'll get them. Leave. Don't, don't take it away. Just leave that bus because I'm still going to get to that bus. He's saying, rather, NLT say, rather bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. That is instruction that comes from the Bible. You see, Timothy, in 1 Timothy 1, 4, 4b, we can write it down and read it later. 1 Timothy 1, 4b to 5, and then 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17. He said, Timothy was taught about the scripture by his mother, and the grandmother was the one that laid down foundation for Timothy, for Timothy's mom. So now, the grandmother laid that legacy and he went to the mother. And from the mother now to that son, that Timothy. And he was taught by the mother. From childhood, and it profited Timothy. He said it profited him greatly. He had godly wisdom to receive salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. So it's very important that we teach these children. It's very important that we talk about Jesus it's important that you teach them about salvation. They can be saved from this their young age. It's possible. Because the Bible says with God, all things are possible. So another way that we can build a legacy is by training them. As we read in our text, Proverbs 22, 6. We have to train them. And training begins from home. 
Because that's where they start growing. Praise the Lord. That's where the children start growing. We have to teach them as they grow. The baby you are feeding, if the baby doesn't want to sleep, make sure that you train that baby. Pat him if you have to go all over. If you have to, if you have to put them in their bag, that's what I used to do. When I first had my son, I would put him in my bag. If I need to go out and I have to carry stuff, I put him in my bag because it's comfortable for me. Thank God. They have another one that you can put them <laughs> in front. You, you put them in that bag and you strap them because you know that it's comfortable. So teach them. If they don't want to sleep, sit them in time to sleep. You can't just be awake and make me to be awake with you too. <laughs> so we have to train them. It's by training them. That's how we will, we will achieve that. And when you train them, and you, you know, they will get, they will grow out of it. Day two, they will learn when they get to that stage. How do I train this child to sleep when they are supposed to sleep? So parents, as good stewards, we need to be very careful how and what we use in training our children. It is very important. We don't use the media to train them. You train them before they get, get seen the media. And when they get to see the media, when they see stuff that can adulterate that truth, they will put it on the side because they know that this is heresy. This is not in line with what God wants me to hear or what God wants me to see. So do not rely on societal norms. Human reasoning, acknowledge, TV shows, these are filled with lies from the devil. They are filled with lies. Train your children to follow Jesus so that when they get to school, if they are teaching them something that is contrary to the word of God, they will be able to draw the line. Number four, another way we can build this positive value, we can build this godly legacy, is bring them to church. Bring them to Sunday school. Bring them to Bible study. Bring them to Sunday service. First Samuel 2, 11 and 18. You see, Anna offered. I'm not asking us to do this because you can't just bring your child here and say, child, continue to live at Fountain of the Living One Church. <laughs> we can do that. So, but what we can do is when they get to that age, bring them Let's dedicate them to the Lord. Let's pray for them. And as we pray for them, continue to bring them, bring them either to the children's department or when they get to the youth, make sure. That's why when all of them get to that age, I hand them over to the youth department because I don't want that gap. Because you have to make sure. Children, please and please, I'm imploring you, every program and our adult youth, don't make yourself not available. God is using all this avenue to train you, to teach you for the future. Because you are leaders to the glory of God of tomorrow. So Anna offered her son Samuel to the service of the Lord by dedicating him to the temple. We don't have to do this physically, but as I mentioned, dedicate them. Bring them to church. Let them be engaged in all the age-appropriate level of the program in the church. Bring your children to the presence of the Lord where they can learn 
about the truth. I am telling you, let these children teach them the truth. It is too much lies out there. Too much lies. Sometimes I just want to close my ears. I don't want to hear. I just want to fill myself with that positive mind that God, please, let these lies, let these lies that is coming forth, let the eyes of these people be opened so that they will know the truth. Because the Bible says, we will know the truth. And the truth will set us free from the lies of the devil. It is very, very important. Correct and discipline in love. Proverbs 29, 17. Discipline your children and they will give you peace of mind and will make your heart glad. You discipline them not in anger. You discipline them in love because when you are angry, you can do things that you that is not right but discipline them in love Proverbs 12 1 says to learn children to learn you must love discipline it is stupid to hate correction that is what the Bible says it is stupid to hate correction so learn that you must love discipline to learn, you must love discipline. You see, it is stupid to hate correction. So children, don't think that, oh, my mommy and daddy is too much, they discipline me. We have to, so that you can understand and be able not to go there again. That is to repeat what you have been corrected over. Number six, be consistent with rules and consequences. We have to, parents, as steward, we have to be consistent with rules and consequences of that rule. Let your children know where the boundaries of right and wrong are. Let them know where that boundary are. Have rules and boundaries. Have them, you can't go there. Stay here. And have that boundary. Because children are very smart. They want to go to that particular place where you don't want them to go or do. Always be firm and be consistent. And when you are, they will, they will be corrected. Be consistent with the rule. What we are, when we are consistent and clear, we make them feel secure because they know where the boundary is and they feel confident in our God-given ability to lead them. So parents, remember them, that. And then, pray fervently without ceasing for your family. Have a family prayer. In the morning, I know everybody's in a row. Have a specific time, maybe at night when you come back. Gather your children together. Pray with them and encourage them. Encourage them to always commit everything in their lives to God in prayer. For the Bible says, commit your way unto God. And God will bring his will to pass. And the Bible says we should pray without ceasing. You see, the, the story of that prodigal son, I want to take a little bit out of that father's reaction. You see, that boy took all. Even though he came inappropriately, he got whatever he has to get, 
give me my own inheritance and let me go. He went, he lavished that, those stuff, and he spent it all. How much even if you have $10 million? When you start spending, 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 and you are spending it unnecessarily. No one day, it finished. So he now got to a stage where he begged for food all over. He just came back to himself, and I know that was God that brought him to himself. He came back to himself and thought. You see, he thought about it in Luke 15. He thought about it. I want us to understand this. He thought about it that my, he thought about his father's servant. That even the father fed their servant, his servant very well. Despite that my father feeds my his servant very well. Me, his son, even if you just put me as part of those servants, I, at least I get something to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And he went back. You see the reaction. You see that efficiency that I asked you not to put up. He's telling us, Father, do not provoke your children to anger. In different aspects, even if we are correcting them, even if we are disciplining them, let us do it with the Holy Spirit guidance and with love. Even if we are angry, say, Father, do not provoke your children to anger. So what I want us to take home in that positive aspect of the reaction of the father, the father, even though this boy did something so bad, how could you go to your father? Your father is still alive and you took whatever belongs to you. You went away and you spent it and you came back. The father looked at him from far off and that compassion came to his heart and he just went and just hugged him not minding he wasn't even thinking so that is the same way do you have any child that is misbehaving and you just you are just fed up of that child please and please God is not fed up with us he's not every time even if we don't get it right his arms are open. He said when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. The father's compassion was on that prodigal son. And the father just welcomed him. And he asked, can you go and kill uh, something and let's celebrate for this child? He has gone back and now he came to his and he came back home. So who is that child? What are you going through with your child? This is a legacy. We can't quit as a parent. This stewardship, this managerial position, we can't quit. It's not like the job in your go, I'm quitting. Oh, I need to get another job. We can't quit. Fathers, you can't quit. Mothers, you can't quit. It's a job that we have to do till eternity. So we can't quit. What is that child doing to you? How are you so painful? See the love of the father and welcome that child back home. Let the compassion let the love that Jesus has for us. The, that song says, The love that Jesus has for me is more than tongue can tell. His love is more than tongue can tell. His love is more than tongue can tell. The love 
Jesus as for me and you is more than tongue can tell. The love that Jesus has for us is more than tongue can tell. Do you know how many times me, you have done wrong things and God's love never diminishes in our lives. His steadfast love, they are constant, they are new every morning. So what is that child doing to you? What, what heart has that child, what heart has that child placed in your heart? Can you just see the love that Jesus has for you? That is making you to sleep and wake up every morning. Please draw that child to yourself because we are steward. We cannot quit as a father. We cannot quit as a mother. We have to continue to do this job because we are accountable to the master builder. So let us all rise up. See what has you done that is not right in our responsibility as parents. Let's talk to God. Let's ask God, God, this is what I did. And as I'm moving forward, as I'm being reminded today that I have to build a godly legacy for these children. Let us be praying. Let's commit our lives. Let's commit ourselves and our children to God. And I know by the grace of God, God will continue to renew that strength to give us wisdom and ability to continue with this stewardship job so that the name of God will be glorified. Praise the Lord.